Jesus said to his followers at the Sea of Galilee, let's go to the other side. They took him just as he was, and they put him into the boat, and they started to sail to the other side, and there were many other boats on the lake with them. The next moment, a serious storm came up with a heavy wind and heavy waves, and the waves started to come into the boat, and the boat started to sink. And his followers was really afraid, and they were looking for Jesus, and they couldn't find him. They find him asleep with his head on a pillow. They wake him up and they said, do you not care that we're going to die? Jesus got up. He looked at the wind and the waves and said, quiet, be still. And the wind died down and the lake became like a mirror. And he looked at his followers and he said to them, do you still not understand? And his followers looked at each other and they said, who is this man? Who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? Who is this, who is this Jesus? And this is what really happened. While Jesus was on this earth. And you can read it. It's on. Okay, just move it on. Don't worry. Um, Can you see in the story how it's all about calmness? It started off, there's a calmness before the storm. Then there's a calmness during the storm. And then there is a calmness after the storm. And then everything goes haywire because there's a storm in the calmness. You can read about it in Mark 4, verse 35 to 41, and we will in fact go back to it later on. With studying scriptures, uh, there's lots of ways you can uh, look at it. One way is to look at it in terms of um, the background. Just before this, Jesus told a number of parables, parables, and then he came to a verse just before this, and he says, and verse 34, Mark 4, verse 34, it says, He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples he explained everything. And that is the context. He then said to them, let's go to the other side. They got into a boat, and... Uh, they got, went to the land of the Gerasenes. Now, the Gerasenes was, was not believing in God. When he got there, the only thing Jesus did was actually to heal a demon-possessed man. Then they got into the boat, and they came back again. So that is the bit of the context of where this history has really happened. Now we read this in the book of Mark. Who is Mark? Who is Mark? There's all evidence, and it's accepted by scholars of the Bible, that Mark is actually writing up an eyewitness account for Peter. So this is the disciple Peter. And Mark makes it clear, why does he write it? You know, when you write something, when you go into a big effort of writing something, there's a purpose. 
And Mark is very clear on that. He writes right at the beginning, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So that was the purpose of this book. It's often, for me, interesting to notice where things happened. We normally know what happened. We know when it happened. But where did it happen? Now, this happened, obviously, in Israel. And if you look at, at Australia and Israel, you can see it's just about on the opposite of the, of the globe. If you drill a hole right through the center, you might get up there at the Sea of Galilee or very close to it. And this is where the Sea of Galilee is. Um, and here's an even bigger picture. It's a small, it's actually a lake, which is about 20 kilometers by 8 kilometers. And there you can actually see how they've gone from the one side to the other side. Um, and how, how they sailed across there. A lot of the things that Jesus did happened around the Sea of Galilee. So, um, as I already said, he went across the lake, and on the other side, he uh, got rid of a demon in a man, and then they came back again. What do we learn now, normally one can look at a passage and then you, it's good questions to ask. What did you learn about the people? What did you learn about God? And eventually, what did you learn about yourself? And I've made quite a risky statement there. The title in most of the Bibles is Jesus Calms the Storm. And I say the title is incorrect. Now, that's quite a dangerous thing because a lot of good scholarly people decided that's the title. But work with me on this one. So what did we learn about Jesus in this? Jesus was the man that asked his followers and say, let's go to the other side. Jesus was the one that knew what's going to happen. Jesus is the son of God. He knows everything. But he said to them, let's go to the other side. So they put him in a boat and they took him to the other side. And knowing that there's a storm that's going to come, Jesus was asleep. He was calm within the real storm around the world. He was asleep until they wake him. And in the actual scripture, it says, Teacher, do you not care that we're going to perish? In this version of the Bible. Teacher. What did his followers think of him? They thought he was a teacher, a great teacher. And they challenge him. And they say, do you not care? How sad is that? Jesus was there because he cared. And we know in hindsight, when we look back at history, he cared so much that he eventually gave up his life to rescue us. Never mind rescuing his followers from a storm. Jesus was there. Because he cared. And can you see how in control he was? He got up and he said instantly, be still. And the wind obeyed him. Quiet. And the waves obeyed him. Instantly. There was no question about it. There was no long aspect around that. And then he turns to his followers with this question. 
do you still not understand? And the way they've got it here is, have you still no faith? Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? That was relatively in the, at the start of te- uh, Jesus' teaching. So at that point, his followers did not know him as the Son of God. They did not realize that. They considered him a good teacher, a good man, somebody to follow. And it's part of what the storm was about, is to show them that he is the God that created the universe and that he was there to rescue them. Let's have a look at the people in this story, in this part of history, his followers. What is interesting is at least four of them were seasoned fishermen. And they probably fished in the Sea of Galilee. So they really, really know this area and this world, isn't it? A seasoned fisherman, you would expect them when Jesus said, let's go to the other side, they would look in the clouds and they would say, hmm, there's a storm coming. They saw nothing of that. And there's other evidence. For instance, there were many other boats on the, on the lake or in the sea that shows nobody expected a storm at this point in time. They took Jesus, and the scripture says, just as he was. They didn't expect anything. It's like you getting in your car, going home, or going somewhere. You're not expecting any exceptional thing that happens. But then you're in an accident all of a sudden. And all of a sudden, it's a storm that came into your life. Well, this is actually one of my favorite stories to tell to anyone, <clears throat> whether they're a believer or unbeliever. Because it's so applicable, aren't we, often in the storms of life? And I think right now, everybody possibly will think, I, Jesus did all of this because he knows the coronavirus is going to hit the world and bring it, the world to a standstill. And it is definitely having an impact on the world today. There's a storm in the world. If anyone three months ago said, God's going to bring the world to a standstill, you would have thought that's impossible. We trust and rely so much on the world that we live in. But God brought it to a standstill. From an area which no one could have predicted, a virus. How on earth is that even possible? What else do we know about the people in the story? We already know a number of them were good fishermen, experienced fishermen. They were following Jesus, so they knew there was something in Jesus. At this point in time, they thought of him as a teacher. So they haven't come to that real belief. There was one of his followers, a man called Peter. One of the people that was so scared that he had to search for Jesus, wake him up, and with these words, do you not care? That was Peter. Now do you know the history of Peter? Imagine being in a jail, knowing that you're getting executed tomorrow. 
Do you think you'd, you'd be fall asleep? The night before, in jail, knowing you're going to get executed, everything shows that you're going to get executed the next day. Here's Peter, this man that was scared, in the boat with Jesus, and he learned one thing. In the middle of the storm, I can rest assured in the love of God. And it's, and it's told to us in Acts. If you want to look it up, Acts 12. Peter, um, now it says there in verse, um, probably verse 6. Eyesight's going, man. My eyesight's going. <laughs> Should have got a bigger Bible. Anyway, now in verse 6. Now when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And the angel rescued Peter. This man that was so afraid that he was looking for Jesus in a storm could be asleep the night before he was expected to be executed. Rest assured. So there's one example of somebody that learned what God is all about. What does this mean for me? What does this mean for you? It's that ultimate trust. Have you been in a situation where you actually stand before God and wonder where he is? God, where are you? How can you allow this to happen to me? How can you allow this to happen to the world? I want you to think of this story. I want you to think of this bit of history where Jesus surely have shown his capability of managing nature of controlling nature, of having power over nature. Know this. Jesus was at, at the time of creation. John 1 is very clear about that. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Jesus was the creator of this nature. Interestingly enough, this particular incident is the only um, example where Jesus actually controlled nature in any of his miracles. All the other miracles, he's creating something from new, he's changing something that was there, he's healing people, he's uh, bringing life into people that were dead. But this is the only example where he actually control nature. So, I started off and say, the title, Jesus Calms the Storm, now one can think of a lot of titles, isn't it? I hope you've thought of a good title by now. A title that makes sense for you. I think another title could be Jesus Creates a Storm. Can you see how he took the storm that was in nature 
And he placed it in the hearts of his followers. So next time you're in a storm and you are worried and you are concerned, know that Jesus is there. You all know the scripture, John 3 verse 16, that clearly states that... um, John 3 verse 16, For God so loved the world that he, he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. He goes on, Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned. Already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. I want to remind you how this story works. There's a calmness before the storm, there's a calmness within the storm that comes from Jesus, Son of God, that's alive, and His Spirit living in us. That's bringing the calmness within a storm. And then there's a calmness after the storm. But then there always have to be a storm within the calmness. And you need to find this answer. It's possibly the most critical question that any one of us have to answer. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And the answer is quite clear in even the songs that we sing. Sometimes when we sing these songs, I just want to get up and say, Amen, preached already. Thank you so much to the worship team. I just love it. Did you hear the song? Freely you gave it all for us. Surrendered your life upon that cross. Great is the love poured out for all. This is our God. Lifted on high from death to life, forever our God is glorified. Servant and King rescued the world. This is our God. That you sing with us, and I will fall at your feet. I will fall at your feet, Lord Jesus. And I will worship you here. Let us pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we know you, the God of the universe, that you, the God that's in the storm, that you, the God that calms the storm, that you, the God that creates questions within us that we need to answer. And then, in the final analysis, you are the answer to. Lord, will you pour out your grace and your mercy, your love and your kindness on everybody that listens, everybody that are in your word, everybody that believes in you according to your promises. And will you create in us a bigger and bigger awareness of your love. 
I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.